From Be Still, Be Free, it's the Bcast with Amber Miller, Sarah Godey, and Monica Steely. For more resources and information related to today's episode, please visit www.bestillbefree.com. Hello and welcome to the Bcast. My name is Amber Miller and I'm here with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. So glad y'all are here today. Um, this is an exciting day. This is a very exciting day. We have um, a very special guest here with us today, and I, for one, have been a fan for a long time, and I am so exceedingly (laughs) pumped right now. Uh, Monica, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest? I do. So our guest today is Sophie Hudson, and you may know her a little bit more as the name Boo Mama. Um, Sophie is a blogger, author, speaker, and she is someone that Sarah and I got a chance to meet in person at Illum um, back in October. And I'm going to read to you um, a quote official bio that I found on her that made me laugh really hard. So hopefully (laughs) she's okay with this. Sophie Hudson began her blog, BooMama.net, in 2005, which means she has now been blogging for three times as long as the mid-90s stir-up pants craze. (laughs) She's a contributor to the Pioneer Woman's blog, serves as co-MC of LifeAways.mom event, and is the author of an amazing, hilarious book, I added that part, called A Little Salty to Cut the Sweet. (laughs) So good. She enjoys laughing until she cries, cheering like crazy during a college football game, and hanging out with her people, preferably while wearing pajama pants. (laughs) She lives with her husband and son in Birmingham, Alabama. And most excitingly, um, Sophie has a new book that is coming out in February called Home is Where My People Are. And Mm. we wanted to give her a chance to kind of talk about that today. So, Sophie, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be with y'all. Oh, we're so we're so excited. And um, Sophie, so I wanted to start us off before we get to talking about home is where my people are, um, which is so awesome and exciting. Um, I had a few questions that I wanted to ask you. They're really serious and um, just uh, <laughs> sure, really deep. And I so I really want your um, honest opinion on these things, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm all I'm all ready. I'm okay. good. Okay, good. So the first question is. Would you rather live the next 20 years with Miley Cyrus's haircut or, mm-hmm. or um, Fran Drescher's voice? Oh. Oh, that is tricky. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Fran Drescher's voice because, because that's endearing. And I don't think that haircut on me would be endearing at all. Like, I think Fran Drescher, I think people adore her. We do. So I'll take that, that over, tr- um, so over some unfortunate hair. <laughs> That's so you're awesome. going to go the adorable route. Good. Okay, good to know. This is really deep insight. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're welcome. The next one, number two, would you rather eat the exact same meal for one year or mm-hmm. eat at one restaurant for 10 years? Oh. Wow. Good, wow. right? I know. Oh. Mm-hmm. That is deep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are Honestly, theological I think almost. I would rather eat the same exact meal for a year. Really? But- because because I would be home and I think I would get tired of having to go to a restaurant mm. and as much as you know we we enjoy that I think I would get tired of, of mm-hmm. going out every night mm-hmm. and there are certain foods that I that I always say like if they're in the house I'm good like an avocado some black beans some sweet potatoes yeah. like if I could have some of those things every night I think I'd be okay yes yeah. yes well and too if you're going to the same restaurant then you get to the point where you know all of the waiters and waitresses so much and there can yeah. be, start to be some drama there and that's <laughs> oh. all Always. Listen, yeah. we, we we've been to Chewy's every Sunday for the last like three oh, years. We just uh, we, got one. I'm so have, excited. Mm-hmm. We have gotten piled up in some people's lives. And it gets <laughs> I mean, like, 
We know our waiters and waitresses at Chewy's. And like, it, yes. can, it can be very stressful. But we, we um, like, you know, we can text them and things like that. And so, <laughs> so um, it's good. It's good. What's your and, favorite and thing at Chewy's? My favorite thing at Chewy's? Um, I really like, I, my favorite thing is probably the Southwestern, which is just like blue corn tortillas and roasted mm. chicken. Mm. And then, but I like to get the boom boom sauce, which is a little spicier. Yes. And then it has a fried egg on top. That's probably Whoa. my favorite. That sounds wow. amazing. Well, like, really now good. I maybe could eat that for a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And now that now that I think about it, <laughs> maybe I can get a Chewy's every day. I mean, you're already invested in other people's lives. I wouldn't have, be doing that. Yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like being with family. So That's it might be right. It works, and this will tie into your book too. Hey, home is where your people That's are, right? right? It's a Chewy's. <laughs> Chewy's. Exactly home right. Is Chewy's. Chewy's is where my people are. That's right. <laughs> okay, this is my last really serious question for you before we start talking about your book. Okay. Okay. Um, and this is really relevant to you because you're a speaker and a communicator. So um, I want you to think <laughs> sure. really strongly about this. Um, would you rather, <laughs> sorry, would you rather only being able to speak Swahili? Sure. Or only being able to communicate through mime? <laughs> oh, oh, Swahili all day long. All day long. Because I would have I, loved to see your Loom presentation in mime. In mime, actually. Y'all, I can't, no. Like, the mime thing, I don't act. Like, I can't act. I can't, I can't pretend. Like, I'm just, that's why I don't write fiction. Like, I, I I'll take Swahili. That's, a, okay. that's like a real language, and I'll, I'll go with that. Not that mime is not. <laughs> well, it no would have been interesting, like, as a blogger to see mm-hmm. you try and, like, make this communication work, like, through mime. So I, I assumed Swahili would maybe be your, yeah. your first choice. All day. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Yeah. Amber good. really has a way of just getting to the core well, of an issue. And, like, we really wanted to know who you are, so. Well, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay, so Sophie, tell us a little bit about your new book, Home is Where My People Are, and kind of what led you to writing a book about this, the concept of home? Um, right now, honestly, I would say I don't know. I don't know why I wrote it. I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I told my husband last night, I said, well, I think this book is going to be a real dud. And he, and he, he said, what, 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 has, what has led to this train of thought? Because I feel like I just came here in the middle of something. Um, and, um, but it's, it's a lot more personal. It's a lot more about me than the first one, which is not why I wrote it. I did not intend for it to be. But because of that, I think I feel super vulnerable about mm-hmm. it, about it coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what led me to write it was really, I mean, it was just one day. I kind of always start with a title, and I say always. I've written two whole books. I mean, it's, <laughs> but, but it's the same thing with a blog, with a blog post. I kind of always get a title first, and then I, and then I write something. And so, um, so one day I was picking my little boy up from school and, um, they had a homecoming parade, um, that afternoon. And so we were going to run and get a snack before we went back for the parade. And I was driving down this really pretty road here in Birmingham and some kids from the high school where I work were coming down the opposite side of the road, um, also going to the parade. And they just, I mean, it was just the most ordinary thing, but they leaned out, one of the guys leaned out the window and just screamed like, hey, Miss Hudson, you know, like teenagers do. And they just kept barreling down the road. But there was something about that little incident. Like it stopped me in my tracks almost on the road that day because 
I just, it was one of the first times I think I really felt like I belonged here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just popped in, like that title just popped in my head, Home is Where My People Are. And, and in the weirdest way, I was, I thought, I think that may be a book. And it was even before I wrote the first one. Oh, I was actually, wow. had, had just turned in, I think I had, no, I hadn't even done a proposal yet for the first one. I had just started talking to an agent about the first one. And so we kind of went back and forth with the when I started talking to him about, do I want to do the, the salty sweet book or do I want to do the home book? And I kind of wanted to do the family book first. And mm-hmm. so, um, and then I didn't know if I would ever end up doing the home book or not. But anyway, I, I did. I couldn't, I kind of, you know, for whatever reason, I just kind of couldn't let it go. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, I love home, um, but what I love most are people. And so um, I love the way God gives us home through people, no matter where we are. And so that was sort of the idea behind it. Do you think that it's going to be a different experience for your readers, this one versus the first? I kind of do. And I think that's one reason why I'm so nervous. To me, it's a little bit more tender. Um, And and when I say tender, I don't mean like it. I I hope it's not sappy. But I think because, um, like my husband said, um, that it's just, it's not, it's not quite as lighthearted maybe as the first one. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some stuff in there that's lighthearted, but um, I, there's not a lot about my, like there are no Martha stories in this one, which mm-hmm. I'm sad about. Um, <laughs> I feel like people um, may not be crazy about. It's just, it's just um, yeah, I think it will be a little bit different. And, uh, but the people like my friend, Melanie, big mama, she, we, we always, when we write, we send each other the chapters as we go Mm -hmm. that way, you know, like if you kind of get off track or you write something that does not sound like you, there's somebody who goes like, Hey, remember you're, 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 you're not Ann Voskamp sister. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're not talking about the glowing orbs in the sky. Exactly. Yeah. The soap (laughs) bubbles didn't really say that to you because that's not who you are. So, um, anyway, um, so Melanie's read it. It's, I feel good about it from the perspective that Melanie feels like it's me. Yeah, and, awesome. and my editors feel like it's me. And so uh, we'll just see how it goes. I think it's going to end up being such a, an authentic side of you. Not that you're ever inauthentic because we think you're one of the most authentic mm-hmm, people totally. that we've ever met in person. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just it'll be neat to have just a different um, perspective of the inside of who you are. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're talking to Loom, is any indication of what the book kind of might be like? It's just it was very uh, refreshing to see kind of that vulnerable side come out. And sharing your heart about some tender issues. Well, so. here's the thing: my early twenties were ugly, and and I kind of have laughed about that a lot, and I have joked about that a lot. But they really were, and um, faith wise, they were ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, faith wise, it was just it was a you know that's kind of the point mm-hmm. I think where for a lot of us, you sort of move out of the safety net of the way you grew up, and the and and what you know faith is easy when you're in a cocoon, right. and mm-hmm. so when you move out of that. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to figure some things out. And I didn't figure them out so well. And so um, I, I write a lot about that in this book, which, you know, that was, it was hard to kind of go back into and, and sort of see where I was. And it was not that I didn't have wonderful friends. I mean, in retrospect, those friends, relationships are what pulled me through. Like the relationships that the Lord gave me, mm-hmm. those were the things that pulled me through and so um anyway and it sounds like now it sounds like it's a real downer but I, <laughs> no, I no, it's not. Not. no 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 in fact it, it um, sounds relevant having but I, I think it's got um so it's just a little closer look i think at sort of who i was um how the lord has been faithful kind of throughout the scope 
of my life as he is through everybody's mm-hmm. and and um and it's a lot about my friends my sweet friends who I have um you know sort of walked through life with for 20 or 25 years now mm-hmm. what I loved about it is having heard you at a loom which I have to tell you I loved a loom it was so fantastic but I even told you this when when we saw each other after that that what what you spoke of on was totally meant for me that day. I don't know if you knew that, that you were only at a loom so that Sarah could go to Sarah <laughs> go to um, But I, I was just like, God, this was what it was all about. And it was just refreshing truthfulness. And I fell in love with you and your authenticity, truly your authenticity and your love for God. And so took the, the little preview home that they gave us there and started to read it. And I felt like I could just hear your voice reading the book to me. Mm-hmm. And oh. that was so fantastic because I love when I can do that. I love when the writing of your book goes right along with your personality. So you talk about whether, you know, people are going to like it as much. We can still hear you reading the book to us. And, and that is what people are going to love because they're going to feel like Sophie's sitting on the couch with them mm-hmm. with a cup of coffee, reading a book, talking about something serious, but making it just fun and, and lighthearted and able to just have a smile on your face or a tear in your eye because that's where we've all been in life. And one of the things that I really loved – at the beginning is hearing about your commitment to your husband to live where you all lived. I believe it was in Louisiana and then, you know, how you didn't quite embrace Louisiana as much as you had hoped because I had kind of, (laughs) or Louisiana did not embrace me. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a very similar situation with Florida, Florida. And I just, we were like oil and water. We didn't really get along. And, um, and then God took us to Atlanta and I've seen so many of my friends have an opportunity where their husbands are being taken somewhere and you see them just sink through their fingernails as hard as they can into the ground that they're in and right. almost refuse to go. Um, and, and I can remember one of my precious friends who now lives in, in Nashville and me saying, God has got something great for you. And both of her children have come to know the Lord there and her husband and or her marriage has grown with her husband. So I just like to hear a little bit from you. Um, because when you're on the inside, we were talking to Amber earlier about being 26 and how she doesn't quite see the light sometimes, right? Um, like, because <laughs> you don't know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's like when I had my right. first kid, I was like, somebody told me there was light, and I'm like, I don't see it. Like, tell me there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, talk a little bit about that. Just you know, the blessings that God has waiting for you when you're just willing to go and, and be where He wants you to be. Yeah, that, you know, there, and there's actually, there's more about that later in the book. There's a whole, there, that, that was actually probably the hardest chapter for me to write in the whole book, or the second hardest chapter to write in the whole book, because we were in Baton Rouge, and I kind of thought, you know, I would just move down there, and it would be like everywhere else that I had, you know, all my little Mississippi towns where I had lived, and it's just a different culture. Now, I will say in the end, I have such affection for that place and my and the the work I did there, my job there completely changed my life. But we were three years in and 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 we hit a real rough patch marriage wise. And in the middle of that, David felt like he wanted to to start he kinda wanted like he kinda wanted to move out of what he was doing and start doing something else. And so we kind of looked at different places where we could do that, and um, and he kept saying, "I feel like Birmingham is it." And I and my reaction was like, "I don't know why Birmingham would be it. We don't know anybody there. Like, I, I don't. I don't. I, I've I've been there like four times to go shopping. I, you know, it, like there was nothing about it that was 
that made sense to me. But he was so insistent that that it was that he felt like it was where the Lord wanted us to be. And and again, we were in the middle of a lot of I mean, we were dealing with some deep stuff mm-hmm. marriage wise. Mm-hmm. So it felt super vulnerable, but we did it. And I have to say, like, looking back, we've been here almost 15 years now. And I, I feel like I could I could make a list a mile long of the reasons why the Lord brought us here. It changed everything for us. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where probably if it had been up to me, we would have moved back to my hometown. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would have been like maybe four houses down from my parents, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, um, which is great and fine. But but I'm so grateful that it, even in the in, even in our wreckage, that the Lord was faithful to say, like, no, here, this is the direction you need to go. And that that, that David was um, that he had the ears to hear it, because because mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know that I did. Mm-hmm. Um so it's 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 been the best thing, honestly, that has that has ever happened to us in terms of, I mean, I think a big reason why we came here was to be a part of the church where we are, um, the place where I work, and just the the life that it has given us as a family has been awesome. Mm. Mm. So um, and and I will also say um, I don't I had never thought of myself as a person with a calling like that was really unfamiliar language to me mm-hmm. um but but for whatever reason here um i can just see so many puzzle pieces like why like how the lord even with writing stuff had just laid that out in terms of the people that i would know here and meet here and um just you know who have encouraged that and and sort of invested in that and um, it's just it's been it's been a great great place and so i have learned through that Like, I don't have great discernment. I kind of love everything and everybody and trust everything and every, everybody right off the bat. Mm -hmm. David is super discerning. And, um, and that was probably the first big thing in our marriage where I, I kind of leapt into it without really being able to see it. Um, now I so get that about him. And when he says, you know, that he has a strong sense from the Lord that, that it's this or that. I'll go with what he says every time. That's awesome. I would love to hear from you just like what was the dialogue in your mind when you're like listening to your husband and trying to make this decision and which way is the right way to go? What was it that eventually um, really persuaded you to just trust and take that next step forward? You know, we came over here one weekend um, and and we just decided that we would come to Birmingham and just like meet with a a realtor and just kind of get the lay of the land a little bit. I mean, I, I, I knew so little about it except where the Galleria was. I mean, that was really <laughs> all I knew about Birmingham. And, um, and we came over here and we, we rode around with the realtor one day and, and it all felt very strange and weird to me. And um, the next day, I think it was the next day we went riding around together, just David and me in the rental car. And we came by, it's actually the neighborhood where we live now. And I remembered coming over here uh, with my aunt and uncle when I was in high school and college to see some of their very best friends. And um, I kind of like I kind of filed that away somewhere in my head. And I remember like and there was something about seeing that, about seeing our current neighborhood, which is not where we moved initially, but we, we're here now. It started to feel familiar. Mm. And we just kept we kept riding and kept riding and we, we ended up way out in the country and in a subdivision, y'all, that I don't know. Even our realtor was like, How in the world did y'all find this place? 
and um and we got I remember we got out of the car and we kind of walked around and I like I somehow I, it was the strangest thing but I knew that that it was where we were supposed to be mm-hmm. it was it made no sense at all it was it was I mean it could have really only been the Lord like just with giving me a peace and an assurance mm-hmm. yeah. and so that was that was it I mean that was that was sort of that made up our minds and yeah. um and we did. We moved. We moved over here like three months later. Our house sold, and our house in Baton Rouge sold in like two weeks. Wow! Wow! And so, so I don't know. You know, it's just it's like when the Lord moves you, He moves you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so true. So true. So, um, and it's been. It, that's not always been easy here, but it's always been so good here. It's yeah, been so great. so good here. That's awesome. I love um, in the introduction of the book, you you wrote this little paragraph. I'm going to read, and it is made me laugh for a lot of reasons. It says, where we are, where we were, where we are, where we're going, it matters. And even if you think that God can't possibly have a plan for you and that where you live doesn't matter to him, and that if he was so concerned about your location, then he would have made sure there was a target closer to your house, then just hold on for a little while and stay with me. (laughs) And I laugh so hard because, you know, we live in, I live in Highlands, and the closest target is an hour and a half. Oh, goodness. Um, And and the closest Walmart even is 30 minutes. So, Uh like, this, it's a, it, it was a big decision, but... I love that because, um, God, I, I have wondered, you know, several times, like, is, was this really the right thing? Like in this small town where the schools are limited and activities for my kids are limited and, but have just so seen God's hand in it. And when we moved up here, it was very much a similar situation to like when you went to visit Birmingham, um, we had friends that came up here to be the senior pastor of the church and we came to visit them and, came to church on Sunday and we're driving straight home after church. And on the way down the mountain, I turned to my husband and said, Hey, if God calls you up here, I just want you to know I'm on board, which is yeah. the most random thing in the world for me to have that feeling. But it was mm. just that peace and that just knowing of, I think this might be the next thing. And yeah, absolutely. Just are like suddenly weirdly okay with it. Well, I remember um, going back after that weekend, cause we had the best neighbors in Baton Rouge. Their names um, are the Boudreaux's. Which is perfect because if you're in Baton Rouge, <laughs> yeah. you need to have neighbors whose last name is Boudreaux. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, but I remember telling um, the the Boudreaux. I remember taking a picture of the house that we had looked at here, and I remember saying like I was so excited, and I said I absolutely think this is where we're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they did not understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean because because there was nothing wrong with where we were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's we were at that point we were not just clawing to get out of 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 there, mm-hmm. but um, but I. I knew, and there was something, I mean, I have thought even in difficult times here about that peace and assurance I had when we moved, because it just reminds you, no, this is, this is our spot. Like this is for right now, this is where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And it may change, um, you know, and, and I guess we'll go on to the next thing if it does, but um, it's been a neat thing to see how the, the most seemingly random thing has been maybe one of the most critical pieces of the puzzle. It so ties into, um, you know, the, our whole thing is called Be Still, Be Free. And the whole right. basis of it is be still and know God and then let all of your doing flow out of your being. And it like mm-hmm. kind of the whole setup of what we know of the book so far is like you a lot giving yourself permission to just be where God is directing you to be and sitting in it, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that is the consequences that we find ourselves in when we try to do it our own way. Oh, yes. my Lord. 
You know, yes. I mean, I think that that's the story of my early 20s. I was just bound and determined for things to, to go certain ways and, mm-hmm. and so unwilling to surrender and others. And, and I paid a price for that. And, and um, you know, I don't know. I feel like and I, I caused other people to pay a price for that, mm-hmm. too. And sure. so that's just part of it. But but the contrast between the, the fighting and the surrender are are important, I think, or the contrast are important just because – you kind of eventually, it's like, you know, God beats you over the head a little bit with a very gentle stick and says, come on now, you got yeah, to get on board with this thing. Yeah. We got some work to do. Let's get uh-huh. busy. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I was just thinking, too, when we were talking about being still and, um, and the whole doing thing. Like, I w- a question I think I would have for you and not having the rest of the book at our fingertips yet Um do you feel like your transition to Birmingham was good when you got there because you immediately sunk yourself into a lot of busyness? You tried to get involved in things. You were getting involved in church or whatever. that You were seeking things out. Or do you think it was really because God was teaching you about just kind of being still and Sophie not having to do a lot, not having to um, perform and strive and really just learning more to be and trust in the hands of God. Cause I think sometimes as women, we get those things kind of backwards and we get, find ourselves in a new place. We immediately think, where do we need to jump in? Where do we, oh, yeah. what do we need yeah. to start doing? I, I kind of like would hear a little bit of that tension that maybe you experienced between being in a new place and holding yourself back. Or did you just jump right in? What'd you do? No, I held myself back big time. Like I, <laughs> and my personality is much more to sort of jump in. Yeah. Um, and I think I did that probably about two years after we got here. But I spent about, really honestly, about two years, I feel like, just sort of hanging back. Um, not, for probably for a lot of different reasons, um, just sorting some things out in my own head, in my own heart. And I, I mean, I was working at a Christian school, so I was really plugged into that community. It took us a little while to find a church. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I feel like we spent the first two years really just the two of us sort of together. You know That's what I mean? Awesome. And we did have some friends who moved here. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, <laughs> we, okay, Hazel. Hi, Hazel. Um, I don't know what she's, she wants, something under the couch. Um, but we had some, some friends from, oh, my goodness, y'all. I'm going to have to get whatever she wants. Hold on one sec. Okay. <laughs> okay, I love it. That could just be my Molly, too. Mm-hmm. That could be my kid. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Mom, 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 mommy, mom, mommy. Hi. That used to be my ringtone. What? Yeah. This is so perfect if you've ever listened to the Big Boo cast. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad I was able to solve that. That's awesome. Uh, she's happy. Golly. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I think I hung back. I think uh, – for 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 several reasons, and I think that was really a time for me of maybe because of some of the stuff that I was dealing with. Um, that was really a time of going deeper with the Lord, and I, I might not have been as planted in terms of relationships with other people as I would normally be. Mm-hmm. But it, it was not a bad thing. I did have some good friends, sure, but we lived in the middle of nowhere. Um, Anyway, it, yeah, I think it was definitely, it was much more of kind of a personal um, 
time with the Lord. That's great. Mm-hmm. Do you um, talk about like a church home in the book at all? Like finding that place and finding oh, that church oh, home and how oh, important yeah. and vital. <laughs> um, did, did you see, you may have seen the outline. Um, no, I, actually, I, start off, I start off talking. I, there's a chapter early on about uh, y'all. I'm so sorry. It's, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> this is real life. Whatever it is, it is so she okay. wants. Um, anyway, there's a chapter early on about the church I grew up in and about how I had such community and didn't even know it. Mm. And then about when we got here, we actually, we grew up Methodist. And so, um, we both did in the same church. And then we were in Episcopal, in an Episcopal church in Baton Rouge. And we just never really thought that we would do anything different than that. And then we got over here, and with the craziest set of circumstances, ended up, we visited this Baptist church one morning, and um, very contemporary worship, and my husband did not know what we had gotten into. (laughs) But anyway, that's our church now. We've been there now for for 10, no, oh gosh, we've been there for 11, 12, almost 13 years. That is hard to believe. Anyway, um, or 12 years. And so... um, yeah, it was it was the strangest thing, but we did find the most unexpected church home, and um, the ways that changed our life are just like way too many to mention. But it um, it was exactly where we needed to be at oh. the time, and uh, it has been such a kind of a I don't know. There was a thing about a month ago where I watched our little boy running around with his friends. And I thought, you know, it's just the funniest thing that even when you go through times in in church life where you may feel like like right now our pastor has moved on to another position and we're kind of in transition. But you still see the blessing of being a part of that body Mm -hmm. um, is awesome. So Uh. and you see it, I think, in your kids' lives. Sometimes as, as much as you do anywhere else. Yeah. That is so awesome. Sophie, the book is just, it's got so many awesome underlying messages mm-hmm. in it. And I'm so excited for um, our listeners and just for readers to have that in their hands and have access to that. What what do you want most for readers to get out of, of this book? You know what? I think I've thought a lot about, I haven't really thought about that specifically, but I've thought a lot about what the culture says to us right now. I'm kind of... I'm not I'm not down on the culture, you know, in a in a huge way, but but I do think that there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. um from culture, especially in this Pinteresty world. And I think that sometimes we can get caught up in that things need to look a certain way and they need to you know, that that we have to create something. And and the reality is is that God has created home for us. You know, He's He's already established that for us. We just have to figure out how to rest in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think just the reminder that it's not so much about what we do as as much as it is about um, who's around us and who has God given us and his faithfulness to us through people. people. And so I hope that maybe there will just be some instances <laughs> where people will say like, you know what, um, God has been so sweet to us, even in the midst of uncertainty or transition or questioning or whatever. And and that they will um, just see a little bit more of his faithfulness in their lives through that. Oh, so awesome. So That's so I can't important. wait. I cannot I wait to get my dirty little hands on that thing and just <laughs> devour it in a day. Um, tell us, Sophie, where we'll be able to find the book. I'm think it's going to be everywhere, basically, right? I don't, you know, I, I know it'll be, it'll be like at Lifeway. It'll be at Barnes and Noble. Okay. Um, 
uh, you know, at, at Amazon. Um, but um, yeah, it should be in, in, in the big bookstores and online and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, and, we'll make sure that we link to mm-hmm. a bunch of different places for people to pick it up. And um, we're going to do a little giveaway also Yay. for Aww. readers to win a copy. So thank you a million times yes. for being here. I love hearing your heart and I love hearing about what um, God is just going to speak to people through your book. I cannot wait. I Absolutely. really can't wait. Thanks so much, y'all. So I love excited. being with y'all. I'm sorry about my vocal dog. Apparently <laughs> great. her plastic pig is underneath the sofa and... <laughs> It's very important to her that she gets it. So now I'm letting her bite my hand because she won't um, she won't work at it anymore. Well, you know, it's the sacrifices for Listen, those we love. This is, yeah, this is the glamorous side of writing books right here. I'm telling you, that so is good. awesome. All right, Sophie, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you all so much. Y'all have a great day. You, you too. too. We um, are having a giveaway of her book. Home is where my people are. And Monica, tell us where we can um, sign up for that giveaway. So just go to bestillbefree.com and click on this week's podcast. And you will see at the bottom, we're going to have a little raffle copter entry. So you can either leave a comment, like us on Facebook, send out a tweet. There's a bunch of different ways that you can be entered in to win a copy of the book. So make sure that you visit bestillbefree.com and enter the giveaway raffle copter. So exciting. We're so excited. Sarah, um, would you mind praying for us? Sure. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. Thank you, Lord, for Sophie Hudson and what she means to your kingdom and what she means to each and every one of us, Lord. And we just pray that your hand will continue to be on her as you give her a purpose and, and a calling in life. And, Lord, that she'll just be an inspiration to so many of us as we listen to her and see what her journey has been like. Lord, I pray that this book will speak to many people and that it will just reach them where they are, that you will be able to communicate to them and um, have fellowship with them through this book, Lord, and through the words that are in it. And I pray that you will um, just be with this podcast that will continue to also resonate and learn and be inspired for the from those who have gone before us and that are teaching us as well, Lord. Uh, again, just bring us all back safely to you. And in your name, we do pray, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Bcast. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Be Still Be Free. And of course, check out our website, www.bestillbefree.com.